Hey guys, welcome to the C1 Church Podcast. I pray that this message encourages you, builds your faith, and helps you go after Jesus. If you'd like more information about C1 Church, please go to our website at c1.church. Enjoy the message and be blessed. Jesus, we thank you. You are a good God. You are a faithful God. You are a mighty God. You are great and powerful, great to the tearing down of strongholds. Holy Spirit, I pray right now in the powerful name of Jesus that, Lord, that you will do a work in us. I don't want any of us to walk out of here the same way. Lord, I know people are going to walk out of here healed physically, but, Lord, I don't want us walking out with the same spiritual bondage and spiritual um, baggage that we walked in. There are people carrying depression. There are people carrying anxiety. There are people walking in worry and fear. And Lord, we just rebuke that in the name of Jesus. You have no right here, fear. You foul demonic spirit. Now shut up. You have no right here, depression. We release joy and peace in people's hearts right now. In the powerful mighty name of Jesus. Father, the last thing these people need is another message. Lord, the last thing they need is me. They need to hear you and your word. I pray right now that you will guide my words, that I say exactly what you would have me to say, no more, no less. I pray right now that you'll tear down our hearts and give us hearts of of flesh that we might receive and walk out of here transformed. In the name of Jesus, I pray, amen. 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 Man, God's good. He's good. He's good. He's good. With that said, I want to tell you a joke. <laughs> I only have one today, but, and quite frankly, it was given to me by a Ford lover, but it's a Ford joke, so praise God. Um, I love Ford jokes, so I'm sorry if you drive one, but I don't care. It's like, <laughs> so it's, uh, it's been said that speed kills, so buy a Ford and live forever. <laughs> Oh, oh, come on. That's just dumb. That's just dumb. Last week I said, I said, I think um, I got sick of people believing America is the dumbest nation on earth. Um, I think Europe is, and no one got it. Like, like, like 10 people got it. And I'm like, well, it's a dad joke. I mean, it's, it is what it is. I told a really good dad joke off of a whim yesterday to my daughter, and I can't remember it. I was like, I should have wrote it down, but I'm sorry. I'm sorry. All right, we are jumping right in. We're picking up in John 21, 1 through 14, and uh, we're still in this series called This is Jesus, and we're looking at the person of Jesus. This message, though, is a little different because I, ha- I have one thought for us, and um, the title would be, we got to recognize without recognizing. we got to recognize without recognizing. And this week, I, w- I had this dream. And in this dream, I was working on this message. And I knew I was going to be preaching out of this passage. And I kept reading it and reading it and reading it. And... Um, and I kept writing it down, but I couldn't get it to write down in my dream. Have you guys ever had those dreams? Like you couldn't get, like if something's going wrong, and you're like, you're like, why is this not going? Like you're like you're dribbling a basketball that's fully aired up, and it just doesn't bounce, you know? Like 
one of those weird things. Like, but I had this thought in my head over and over concerning this message, and I kept writing on this message, and, and, and I kept reading this message in, in my dream, and this thought kept coming out. And this is a thought, and I'm, 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 I, to the point where I kept telling it to myself in my dream, that, so I wouldn't forget it. Like, I, I was in my dream telling myself this thought over and over and over and over and over and over and over again because I couldn't get it to write down, so I didn't want to forget the thought because I, I think this is what I'm supposed to, to, to speak about concerning this passage. And then it woke me up. I woke myself up saying it. And so I grabbed my phone and wrote it down. And this is a thought. We must learn to recognize God's presence over sight. We can't go by what we see. We got to learn what God's presence is so we can recognize it whether we can see it. So John 21, 1 through 14, let's just jump into it together. It says, later Jesus appeared again to the disciples beside the Sea of Galilee. This is how it happened. Several of the disciples were there. Simon, Peter, Thomas, nicknamed the twin, Nathaniel of Cana and Galilee, and the sons of Zebedee, that would be James and John, and two other disciples. Simon Peter said, I'm going fishing. We'll come too, they all said. So they went out in the boat, but they caught nothing all night. Have you guys ever read the accounts of fishing with the disciples? They were professional fishermen, but the two accounts that's recorded in the most popular book ever written, they caught nothing. So they were probably, it's just, it's just funny. At dawn, Jesus was standing on the beach, but the disciples couldn't see who he was. It says that they were about 100 meters from shore. And at that distance, you actually can't identify people. Um, you start losing facial features um, about 50 yards. So you really can't tell who's who. You can see a body, but you, you can make out a head, torso, and legs. But at 100 yards, you really actually can't identify people. Um, he called out, fellows, how many have you, <laughs> have you caught any fish? No, they replied. Then he said, throw your net on the right side, right-hand side of the boat, and you'll get some. I, I don't know how f fishermen work, but they've been fishing all night, and in my head, I just can't help but think, like, I imagine they've tried both sides of the boat at this time. If you've been out there for 12 hours, and you're catching nothing off of one side, you've probably already fished that side. But at that moment, they're on the left side, and Jesus goes ahead, and, and he says, throw it on the right side of the boat. Evidently, they were doing it on the wrong side. So, and you'll get some. So they did, and they couldn't haul in the net because there were so many fish in it. Then the disciple, um, Jesus loves, said to Peter, that would be John, it's the Lord. When Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on his tunic for he had stripped for work, he jumped into the water and headed to shore. The others stayed in with the boat and pulled the loaded net to the shore, for they were for there were only a hundred yards from shore. 
When they got there, they found breakfast waiting for them, fish cooking over a charcoal fire and some bread. Bring some of the fish you've caught, Jesus said. So Simon Peter went aboard and dragged the net to the shore. There were 153 large fish, and, they, and yet the net hadn't torn. Now come and have some breakfast, Jesus said. None of the disciples dared ask him, who are you? They knew it was the Lord. This is kind of an interesting scripture. Like, why, why did John, can we go back to verse 12? Why did John put this in there? And this is what I've been wrestling with. Because after the resurrection of Jesus, throughout the, throughout the, the, like the road to Emmaus, the seven-mile walk that Jesus had with two of his disciples, they didn't recognize him either. And here it says they, they come and have some breakfast. None of them, none of the disciples dared ask him, who are you? That means they were thinking, who is this man? They knew it was the Lord, but there was something about Jesus that was different. Number one, he was resurrected. Number two, he had, he, he had the body, he had nails, and his side was pierced, but he looked different. He looked different. They knew it was the Lord, but they were still wondering, who is this? They didn't recognize him, but they recognized him. So let's keep going. Then Jesus served them bread and the fish. This was the third time Jesus had appeared to his disciples since he had been raised from the dead. So if you're wondering, I'm sure all of you guys are wondering this. Because as I started reading this, I'm like, man, I feel like I preached from this passage before. So I went back to my sermon notes. And sure enough, last April, I preached straight out of this passage. And then April 2021, I preached straight out of this passage. So in keeping with tradition at this point, <laughs> I'm going to preach straight out of this passage, but it's a different message. I'm not recycling. But I'm, I'm sure some of you guys, Larry's back there, like, I think I already have notes on this. I'm going to check out. I'm just going to get my neck ready. No, no, don't do that. I've had this thought racing through my head. We must learn to recognize God's presence over sight. We've got to recognize without recognizing. We've got to recognize without recognizing. I don't know about you, but I'm sick of the enemy ravaging our nation. I'm sick of the church being a coward. I'm sick of us bowing to political correctness. I'm sick of men of God not stepping up and calling it out. I'm tired of us worrying about offending people. We aren't operating in faith when we act like that, we're operating in the spirit of fear. And it's because we have no fear of God. And it's because we've lost sight of his presence. 
We've got to the point where we go through the motions of Christianity, but we have not walked with the Lord. You know, if we want to be like Jesus, as Pastor Nathan preached a couple weeks ago, sometimes we've got to turn tables. Jesus did so in love. He didn't go along with the narrative they wanted him to do, nor did the apostles. The apostles were told, we will let you go, but you got to quit preaching this Jesus who you say is resurrected. And they said, who are we to listen to, you or God? Because we can't stop preaching about what all we've seen and heard. And most people won't tell their neighbor about Jesus. And we wonder, why is our nation where it's at? It's not a political thing. It's not left versus right. It's demonic against God. It is a spiritual battle. The Bible is very clear that we wage war against, not against flesh and blood, but against evil rulers and principalities and demonic forces in this dark world. And we, the church, have laid over and let it happen. In effort to not offend anyone, we have just kept our mouth shut. We can't let that happen anymore. We have got to get back into God's presence. We've got to start recognizing things. Even in the church world, we've got to recognize, is this from God or is this from the enemy? And if it's not from God, we need to battle against it. We have got to have discernment. These apostles on the boat discerned that it was Jesus, not because they recognized him, but they recognized the characteristics of his presence. Where is the discernment in the church? Where is the discernment, man of God, woman of God? When we allow things in our life that's completely unholy and we call it holy, where's the discernment? Where's the line that we have to draw? I know this is a heavy message. Right out the gate, you're going, this heavy, dude? Yeah, I am. Because I love you and I love the Lord and I'm sick of the enemy trying to come at our kids. It's demonic. I'm sick of the enemy coming at the church. It's demonic, infiltrating the church, saying, hey, this is okay, this is okay, this is okay. We just want to love everyone. We do want to love everyone, but we also want to give them the gospel of Jesus Christ that can transform their life. Jesus didn't save you for you to stay the same. He saved you to make you like Jesus. The Holy Spirit does this work called sanctification. It's a lifelong process of him working on you to make you like Jesus. He doesn't make you more like you. He makes you less like you. The world says this, express yourself. Jesus says this, die to yourself. We must learn to recognize God's presence over sight. We get so caught up on what we see. We get so caught up in what we see and, and, and we can go into church services and everything can look right. We can, we can be hanging around every, uh, uh, other, uh, other believers or, or whatever and it can look right because they have reverend in front of their name or because they go to church and it can look right. But if, if you're not sensing the presence of God, maybe it isn't right. How do you sense the presence of God? 
That's the question. I really need us to understand this. We need to be able to discern what is from God and not from him in this age. The enemy is so deceiving. We are so close to Jesus returning and rapturing his church. We are right there. And we, the church, have got to have a discerning heart. We have got to have a discerning heart. We need to recognize him not based on what we see or feel. We need to be, how do we, how do we have a discerning heart? I'm going to tell you. We need to be in the word of God in this season like never before. We need to soak it in and know it. We need to be praying like never before. We need to be praying for our nation. You know, the Bible says in 2 Chronicles, and my people who are called by my name would humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then I would hear from heaven, forgive their sins and heal their lands. It's really that simple. God didn't complicate it. We're like, oh, God, save our nation. Well, let's pray that over and over and over and over. Let's go to war against darkness and not just saving our nation. Let's rebuke the demonic. We have authority in Jesus Christ. He rendered the enemy powerless. And man, he's showing his, his colors like never before. And we, like the apostles here, have got to recognize Jesus. And we got to recognize when it's not Jesus. How else do we know his presence? We pray. We fast. We praise and worship. And those are two different things. Praising is lifting God up for who he is and what he's done. Worship is emptying yourself so he can fill you up. When you come to God and worship, it doesn't have to be song service. It could be everything we do is worship, but it's dying to self so God can fill you up. How do we know God's presence? We read his word, number one. We pray. We meditate. Like, biblical meditation is not like the world's meditation. The world says, empty yourself so something else can fill you up. When we, when we meditate, or medicate, when we meditate, I guess it is medication too. Um, when we meditate biblically, it's filling ourselves up on the word of God and chewing on scripture, letting the scripture wreck you and change you. When the scripture comes and says, hey, um, God's going to make all things work together for the good of those who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. You know, that's Romans eight twenty eight. So you start chewing on that. So when the enemy comes at you with different things and he starts to try to make you feel anxiety, worry, depression, whatever, you can go back and meditate on this word. No, God says this. And, and, and suddenly you have hope, you have faith because you're meditating on the word of God. We fast and pray. We, we give of ourselves and sacrifice. We, we, we make this body a living sacrifice. We can recognize God because of what his presence brings, too. We know, we can know his presence by spending time with him, but what does his presence bring? The characteristics of the presence of God is joy, peace, hope, clarity, faith, direction, love, provision, healing. There's a lot more than that. I'm just giving you a kind of a buckshot version. But there's the presence of God, man, when, when you feel confused, when you feel condemnation, when you feel all that stuff, 
and that's not the presence of God. When you get in the presence of God, suddenly you have clarity. Have you guys ever been in praying and you felt the presence of God and suddenly you knew what to do? You knew the next step to take because God's presence brings clarity and direction. Have you guys ever been in the presence of God like we just were? And you're like, man, I think God just healed my body because God's presence brings healing. The Bible says in the presence of God, there's fullness of joy. Have you guys ever just been in the presence of God and the heaviness of depression lifted off of you? Because God's presence brings joy. God's presence brings peace. We can recognize God by his presence. And you can't separate God from his presence. Well, the, the apostles here... They recognize God. They recognize Jesus because of what he did, the provision and the miracle. God's presence brings miracles. Like this is not the first time he provided a miraculous catch. He did it two other times when he called Peter, James, and John and Andrew. They, they, they had so much fish that it broke the nets and it started to sink two fish. God did that. That, that, that was something that he did. And then there was another time he provided a miraculous catch because they needed to pay their taxes. And some of you guys are like, crap, I need to pay my taxes too. <laughs> well, maybe you need to go fishing. I, I don't know. But he, the, Jesus, Jesus took and, and he's like, all right, just go down there and fish. And they opened the mouth of a fish and there was a, a, a gold denarii and they were able to pay their taxes. God provided a miraculous catch. And so suddenly, even though they didn't recognize Jesus, they couldn't even see his face. They couldn't even see. They could say, wait a second. I recognize what God's done before. This looks familiar. This, this brings hope. Suddenly, we, we, we toiled all night and there was nothing. That could be kind of depressing, especially for a fisherman. And then suddenly... Jesus speaks, and there's a, a huge catch that they couldn't even bring it into the boat. It was so big. And suddenly they recognized Jesus by his word, by his presence. And John says, hey, that's, that's the Lord. He's done this before. When you think about all the times God provided and was faithful in your life, to doubt him in your present circumstance is actually illogical. Just FYI. That's not my notes. Someone needed to hear that. So the Bible says God's triune. He's Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We are created in the image of God. We, we have a body, soul, and spirit. Right? I'm not, I'm not, and so because we have a body, soul, and spirit, when, when we get saved, the Lord makes us a new creation. He gives us a new spirit. He puts his spirit in us. But then our body still wants to sin, but our spirit, the spirit that God gives us wants to live righteously. But how do, like, we don't just live for God with our spirit. We, we make our body subject to the spirit. That's how we honor the Lord. We, the Bible says in Romans, Romans 12, we, we make ourselves a living sacrifice. Jesus says this in Mark 12. He says, and you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, and with all your strength. So how we worship the Lord is with our bodies too, right? And so I'm, I'm going somewhere with this. Don't, 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 don't nod off for a second. You know, it's fine. They'll, they'll come. I bring this up because we so often think of worship as something spiritual. And it is. But it's also physical. 
When we spend time in prayer and in devotion in God's word, we are making our bodies subject to the spirit of God. And when we make our physical bodies subject to the spirit of God, we can actually, I'm not making this up, you can feel in your physical body that your spirit will tell your body, hey, something's up here. Something's up here. It could be good or bad. But vice versa, if we make if we make the spirit that's in us subject to our body's wants and desires, we will numb ourselves to spiritual things and only focus on physical things and be oblivious to the realities. Because let me tell you, spiritual realities are the greater realities. That's why we have to have discernment like the apostles. I remember when I was downtown, uh, this is last year, I was walking, and I, I'm not going to go into the story, but I walked past this dude playing the guitar, and you guys have heard the story. He, he had seven demons in him, but all he was doing was playing the guitar. When I walked past him, my, I felt chilled. I felt chilled, and I thought something's up. My physical body felt chilled. Because the spirit in me did not like the spirits in him. And vice versa. And the spirit in me told me to stop. And he, and, and there, was a, there was one time I was praying in here. It was a Saturday night. I was like, God, it might have been right before last Easter. And I, and I was praying down here. And you guys, if you look, you can see where the vents are in this room. And I was up here walking and just praying for service. And all of a sudden, all those prayer cards went... <sighs> Those doors were closed. And I was the only one here. There's no vents back there. And it got cold, like cold. I was like, all right, in the name of Jesus, I knew there was something demonic. Because when you subject your body to the things of the Spirit, the time in the Word, prayer, worship, praise, you desensitize your body to the to what it craves and you make it subject and, and the Holy Spirit will speak to you through your physical body. And you can have discernment. We can recognize the presence of God holistically. We must be familiar with God's presence by prayer, word, worship, and praise. And just like there's characteristics of the presence of God. I want to I talk to you for a second about the characteristics of demonic presence. Because I think some of us are dealing with, maybe, like, I don't think possession, but some, some of us might be dealing with oppression. Some of us might not, you might not even be able to put your thumb on why you're feeling the way you're feeling, but it might be an attack from the enemy. And demonic presence is cold. Where God's, I know, I know this sounds crazy, but demonic presence brings anxiety. Demonic presence brings confusion. Demonic presence brings condemnation. Demonic presence brings fear. Demonic presence brings lack of hope. Demonic presence brings depression. And, and it's heaviness. You just feel a heaviness on your life. You're like, what the heck is going on? You just don't have hope. And, and honestly, listening to the news doesn't help. 
Oh, they're just reporting the facts. Well, some of us need to get off the facts and get back in the truth. And it's called the Word of God. So I, I want to give you a few examples real quick. Real quick. The apostles, they, they took and they didn't dare ask who Jesus was because they recognized the presence. Like, God's presence brings clarity. God's presence brings Because if you keep reading in this passage, guess what? He tells them exactly what he wants them to do. He gives them clarity and direction. God's presence brings comfort. God's presence brings peace, joy. It, it brings, it, it, he, provided his, he provided breakfast, literally. Some of you guys are already thinking about lunch. Stop it. We'll get out of here by two. I'm just joking. It'll be 1.30. So there was a worship night that uh, Pastor Andy and I attended um, last year. And we, we got there, and it had everything. Like, everything you would want for a worship team. Like, they had a full band. Like, I, I'm not a musician, so, like, when I sing Children in China Cry, it's just, it's just a bad, like, it's a, like, it's just a bad thing um, when I sing. That's why I get up here away in front of everyone so no one hears my voice. But, and that's why actually those aren't in-ear monitors. Those are earplugs that our worship team has. So, no, but it's bad when I sing. But, but I love worship. I love to worship because Jesus is worthy of all my praise and worship. And, and, and if you knew what he saved me from, like, you, you can't shut me up, man. I'm going to worship Jesus. He's seen me through the darkest times of my life. And so I'm, I'm in this worship night. And, and they're singing, like, dude, some of the best singers I've ever heard. Great, great drummers. I mean, like, dude, I'm telling you, they had it all. And, and it was loud. I like loud music. Amy's always telling me, turn your music down. You don't need it that loud. I'm like, I like loud music. And it was loud. It was all this stuff. And I'm trying to worship. My hands are up. And I'm singing. And, and, and for some reason, I just felt empty. Physically, I was like, what is going on? So whenever that happens, when I'm like, okay, there's a body of believers here. We're all trying to worship the Lord. I start asking myself, Lord, what's wrong with me? What, like, first of all, first, first and foremost, I always do self-examination. I'm like, Lord, if there's any sin in my life, forgive me. Reveal it to me. And I want to repent because I don't want to walk in life with sin. I want to get rid of it so I can walk in intimacy with you. So I start doing that. And, and, and so I'm like, he's not bringing anything to mind, but I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm asking for forgiveness of stuff I did when I was five, just in case, you know, I'm like, oh God, forgive me that one time I taught back, taught my mom, because I want your presence. I want to feel the presence of God. I crave the presence of God. I, I, I want to be with him. God is presence. He's spirit. And, 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 and so he wants to encompass us. He wants to be with us. And, and I, I want it. Just to be real, I want, I want to be in the presence of God. I love it. I love it. I love the presence of God. And I couldn't feel it. And finally, I just looked at Andy, and he looked at me, and he said, man, something's up. I'm like, oh, God, thank you. It's not me. It's like, like oh, whoo. Because I was like, I'm going to start going down. I'm going to start making a list and... Uh, and he goes, I don't feel God's presence. I'm like, huh. So it's not just me. I'm like, so what sins in your life? No, I didn't, <laughs> I didn't do that. Um, 
And then Miss Chelsea was here too. And afterwards, she walked up to me. She said, I just felt like something was off. I didn't feel the presence of God. And they had, it, they had it all. They even had the pauses for, you know, the pauses for the Holy Spirit to move. Those pauses, they also had 10-minute guitar solos and five-minute drum solos. And, and, and I was like, okay, like, who's it about? Because when we draw attention to ourselves, it's not about God. And, and so I felt different. Because when you spend time in the real deal, you'll be able to discern when it's not. When my mom worked at a bank, she never handled counterfeit money. She only ever handled real money so she could identify counterfeit money. And everything looked right. They were singing their songs. They were singing praise and worship. But God wasn't in it. We got to be able to discern. And then two days later, I went up to another worship night at the Well Outreach. There was a guitar player, a cajon, which is a drum box, and a keyboardist. And there was probably about 15 different denominations in one room. You can see where this is going. All gathered together to worship. And guess what? The presence of God fell. And like everyone had a different form. Like, I was in the back because I didn't want to be a distraction because I like to lift my hands and worship. I love to worship, so I wanted to be in the back. And also, I'm a big dude. Imagine me up front in front of everyone just doing this. Like, <laughs> So I got all the way in the back, but I'm watching. And there was Presbyterians over here, Methodists, Lutheran. There was, you know, and, and they were worshiping. And God's presence fell, and it was so cool because it, and, and, you, can, and you could feel the tangible presence of God. And Chelsea happened to be at that one too. She walked up to us afterwards and she's like, dude, this was night and day different. I felt the presence of God. We got to be able to recognize God's presence without recognizing. We, gotta, we need to know just because a church is doing something doesn't mean it's biblical or God's in it. Just because a Christian says something, you need to get in the word and know it for yourself. Because there's Christians out there right now trying to deceive the world and the church. And it's not right. We, the church, have got to have discernment. The apostles, later, they get on the shore with Jesus. And it says they didn't dare ask him who he was because they knew it was him. Why did they know it was him? Because they just spent three and a half years with him, recognizing his presence, recognizing how he rolls. I think he looked different. I really do. He had the hands, but I think, like, why would they say that? They didn't dare ask who he was. They knew it was him. He looked different after the resurrection, despite what Mel Gibson puts in Passion of the Christ. <laughs> this, and, and, and a second example, I think this is, and this one I think is going to hit home with a lot of people today. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be transparent and real. I don't know if you guys know this, but, man, um, I get depressed, and I get under attack, and I have to pray through, and I have to repent. I have to do all those things, too. Um, 
just because I get a microphone and get to talk to you guys doesn't make me exempt from anything. And I want to be real with you guys. Leading up to Easter, I, I started noticing just kind of like a heaviness on my life. And it was like, it's like, what is this? It's bothering me. I couldn't put my finger on it. And like, it's, all, it's like a heaviness. But you know, you guys know what I'm talking about. It almost feels like it's weighing literally on you. Like almost like you have a backpack on without having a backpack on. And I thought it was because we were doing the Easter egg hunt. Easter is a big service and all this stuff. So I'm like, okay, we'll just get through Easter. And I was really nervous. And there was other things. Like it was, I started to worry, which I'm like, if you guys know me, I don't worry about stuff. Like it annoys the crap out of Amy because I'm just not a worrier. I'm like, well, this is going to work out. You know, I'm going to roll with the punches, whatever. God's sovereign. You know, and, and I'm just not a worrier. And, and, and so... Uh, I started to worry about things. I, I, quite frankly, it was kind of teetering on depression. I'm like, what is this? And it was driving me nuts. I, st- I started reading my Bible more. I, I started, I started um, um, praying more. I was like, God, what is going on in my life? And all the while, it just kept getting worse. I'm like, okay. So to the point where I'm like, I'm, I'm sitting here with the, the staff. I said, guys, I'm nervous about preaching Sunday. I had no confidence, which I have very few gifts and the gift of gab is one of them that I actually have. And, and normally I don't get nervous about speaking, but I was so nervous about Sunday. I'm like, God, I need your help. And, and luckily, I think he showed up and empowered me because I was so nervous last Sunday. I was worried. And then Sunday came and went. And then that feeling was still on me, but worse. I'm like, God, what is going on? I'm examining. I'm like, God, forgive me. I'm, I'm, I'm going through. I'm, I'm starting that whole examination. Like, what is in my life? And, and all the while, it's getting worse. Anxiety. I, I didn't have peace. And I'm like, what is happening, Jesus? And it just kept getting heavier and heavier and heavier. And, and um, Tuesday, I woke up and... I was blow drying my glorious beard. <sighs> just, oh my goodness, Amy, just like, I'm so disappointed in you. I just saw that look on her face. But it's not that glorious. Um, but I was, I, was getting my, I was getting ready for the day, and I was listening to a preacher, and I don't even remember what he said, but I do remember this one thing, Romans 8.28. Romans 8.28. He said, now my God... I just went blank on it. Help me here. Mike, I just quoted it earlier. Isn't that funny? I just went blank on the scripture. We'll make all things work together for the good of those who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. He quoted that. And it hit me. It was, it was weird. It was like this thought bomb when I heard, my, my God makes all things work together for the good of those who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. It just like, and I know this sounds crazy, but it was like, in my head, what I, what what I imagine happened is a sword just came down and just smacked that heaviness like a rock, and it just split. And it, I felt like it just fell off of me in that moment. It was, it was like, I could breathe. It was a word of God. And, and, and the Lord, in that moment, he showed me what was happening. I was listening to fear, which is a demonic spirit. I was listening to fear. And how, how did I, how did I, because here's the thing about God's, uh, here's the thing about Satan. He's very sneaky of how he gets things into our life. 
And I was watching a YouTube survival guy, and he was talking about how dollars about to collapse and how we need to be ready. And I'm like, yeah, I do need to be ready. And I started thinking about, like, how am I going to provide for my kids if the dollar collapses? Or, you know, I don't even have, like, a bottle of water at the house. You know, like, all these things. I, and I, I start, start putting on myself, picking up weight, putting on myself, like, I'm the provider. Like, I'm Jaira and not God. And so I'm putting his responsibility on me instead of just trusting God. And, and I didn't even realize I was doing it. Because that, that's what the enemy ends up doing. He actually helps you form your own chains. He just gives you, the, he put, plants the thought and you start ch- making your own chains. He doesn't have to. And I started doing that. I just like, man, I, like, we, we need to get a long-term water filter. We need, and I'm like putting all this, I'm like, I sound like a crazy prepper right now. I know, uh, that's okay. But that, that's what was happening. And I was listening to fear. Over and over and over. And it, I kept on putting my own link in there, putting another link to that, and putting it on my shoulder, putting another chain on my shoulder. And the Lord says, you got to start listening to my spirit. I make all things work together. Will I not provide for your children? Will I not provide for your wife? Well, am I gyro or are you? And, and, and in that moment, the Lord realigned my mind to him. And set me free. And I think some people today are right there. You're like me and you can't, you can't figure out why you're feeling that way. Let me tell you, it's demonic. <laughs> and, the, and you're under attack. Good news is he's defeated. Good news is God is more than enough. And we need to have discernment. To recognize the enemy's presence or God's presence. The enemy likes to masquerade like God's presence. But his is always counterfeit. Always, his presence always brings condemnation and he calls it conviction. Always. Listen, conviction is rooted in love. And God convicts us over unconfessed sin. So if you have a sin that you never confessed... That's what God convicts you over. Condemnation is guilt over confessed sin. But the enemy likes to bring condemnation. He calls it conviction. Condemnation is rooted in guilt. And you're not guilty because Jesus was guilty for you. His counterfeit presence brings fear and he calls it wisdom. And you see this all the time. We see this all the time. Oh, I better not do that. Like, we act out of fear. Is it bad to have a water filter system in my house? No, for long-term water storage. No, but if I'm doing it because I'm afraid, then it's wrong. It's wrong because I'm not motivated by the right spirit. The other day, in fact, we were talking after that horrible Nashville school shooting, that tragic thing Amy's like, it almost makes me want to homeschool our kids. I'm like, no. Because we would be doing it out of fear and not out of the leadership of the Holy Spirit. And so, but the enemy likes to masquerade and he puts plants of, of fear. And some of us, we've been listening to fear and the world's been calling it wisdom and it's demonic. God does not give us a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. 
God's wisdom operates out of faith in spite of fear. When you walk in faith, you walk through fear. You, you, you step over it because a step of faith requires you to confront fear and walk anyways. Satan's counterfeit presence brings worry and calls it discernment. I had, some, I had a pastor friend of mine actually tell me that he had a, guy, a person in his church that reached out and he's been kind of doing some stuff. And he said, uh, this, this, this person is like, I've been gifted in discernment. If you've been gifted in discernment, you don't have to tell people that. They know. But the enemy likes to counterfeit. He, call, he, he makes you think worry is discernment. I'm worried, so maybe we shouldn't do this. And once again, it's rooted in fear. God's discernment will bring clarity and truth, not chaos and confusion. The enemy only brings chaos and confusion. He only brings condemnation. He doesn't care for you and never, not one ounce of him is for you. I believe that there are people here like me There's a heaviness on you, and you can't put your finger on it. But God is here to set you free because his true presence, it breaks chains, it heals, and he sets free. There are two things I want to do today. The first, the first thing I want, I want to do is I want, I want us to be like the apostles. Let's recognize God without recognizing God. Some of, some of us might have never been to a church like this, but you're like, man, I, I feel the presence of God. Sometimes I've been in moments where things that didn't look right, I'm like, you know what? I don't know what to do. I had to close my eyes and just like, okay, I got to recognize the presence here. And, and I'm like, okay, this is God. Despite what I'm seeing, you know, I, I didn't grow up. I, I've been to churches that like have flags and all this stuff, you know, and, and I didn't grow up with that. It's kind of weird to me. Like, why, why are they dancing around with flags? You know, and like the whole time I'm distracted. I'm like, I'm having a hard time with it. And, 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 and so, but I'm like, so I closed my eyes. And when I closed my eyes and I, I, I filtered out the distraction, I recognized, okay, th this is God. And, and, and some of us, I, I, I want us to be like the apostles. They recognize Jesus without recognizing Jesus. We need to have a discerning heart in this season. We always need discernment, but man, the enemy's raising his head up like never before. The church, some churches are acting a fool like never before. And we need to have discernment to know what is from God and what is not from God. And so the first thing I want us to do is ask, Lord, give me discernment. I need discernment for this season. That, that you're leading the church into. Because this is not a season. I think this is a season of harvest of souls. But I also think this is a season of warfare for souls. That's why the enemy's infiltrated the church so much. Because he wants people to think they're, they're saved. And not be saved. We need to go to war. And preach the gospel. 
The second thing, maybe you need prayer because you feel under attack and you can't put your finger on it. Like when I shared my story about what was going on, you're like, that's me. If that's you, guess what? We're going to have a team up here to pray with you. We're going to have a team. Because guess what? God's already thoroughly defeated the enemy. You don't have to keep going. Maybe you, maybe, um, you just need a word from the Lord. Like, hey, just trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. I, I don't know. But I believe just like the Lord did for me, I believe his word, which is a sword, is going to come in and smack that and knock it off of you. Hey guys, we hope that you enjoyed today's service. If God spoke to you in any way or you would like prayer, you can comment below or connect with us on our website at c1.church. If you have never accepted Jesus into your life, we would love to do that. All you need to do is believe that He is the Son of God, that He rose and died again, and ask Him to forgive your sins. If you have done that, please make sure to let us know. We would love to celebrate you. And if you are not in the area, get you connected to a church that would grow you in the relationship with Jesus Christ. Thank you so much. And we look forward to seeing you next week.